Open your Bibles to Psalm 103. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the pew rack right in front of you, so take it and uh, follow along. Psalm 103 is one of the psalms that you need for your life. Psalm 103. This is the last Sunday in a message series entitled Clean Slate. We've been talking about the miracle of forgiveness, and forgiveness is always, in every case, a miracle. Now, we've talked about how hard it is to forgive other people when they wrong us, sometimes how difficult it is to seek forgiveness from other people, but from the very start, some of you have been asking me, when are we going to talk about forgiving ourselves? Why is it that forgiving myself is the hardest of all? And it is, for many of us, the hardest thing of all. So this morning, I want us to talk about what it means to forgive ourselves. A while back, I was at a cemetery. I had led a graveyard service there for just a very small group and all family. We were standing there in an old church cemetery. With, you know, those tombstones lined up, and it was all one family. You could see mother and father, and you could see aunts and uncles, but also there was one tombstone there that was a young man. His name was Bobby, and you could tell he died in the service. He died in Korea. I was standing there beside an elderly woman, and we were looking at her family, and especially her brother Bobby. It was her brother Bobby that was killed in Korea. So as we were talking, again, this woman was up in years, probably 80 years old or so, and as we were talking, I asked a question about her brother Bobby who died in war, died in Korea. And, and the woman made this statement. She just said, you know, I've always felt like that was my fault. And again, that really confused me. He died at war in Korea, across the world. And I asked her, how could that possibly be your fault? And she said, well, one day Bobby and I were out in the garden and we were, we were digging potatoes with a pitchfork. And Bobby accidentally stabbed my foot. He stabbed my foot through with, with the pitchfork. And, and I cried because it hurt. But when I cried, mom and dad rushed over, and when Daddy got there, Daddy jerked Bobby up and beat him. And the father beat the son so badly that uh, after a while they were over at the well, and uh, the mother at that point had Bobby at the well. She was drawing up water out of the bucket and using the dipper to to rinse the, the dirt, mud, and the blood off of his back. And he said, Mama, I can't live like this anymore. I, I can't stay here. I, I can't. I can't. And she said, I know, Bobby. I know you can't. So after that day, the mother signed the papers to let Bobby join the service and go to war. He wasn't old enough. That was the thing. He wasn't old enough. So the mother actually uh, lied about his age so he could go to the service. But he went to the service, and he died in Korea. And, and now I'm standing in the graveyard at the cemetery with his sister 70-something years later. And she says, I've always felt like that was my fault. What do you do about the guilt that you have to carry through your entire life, is there no way finally once and for all to feel forgiven? Is there no way to forgive ourselves? And this is where we turn to Psalm 103. This is amazing scripture, so follow along. This is a chapter you need to know. This is one of those chapters you need to mark in your Bible. You need to underline some verses. You need these verses for your life. Psalm 103. <coughs> 
Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He forgives all my sins. Heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He knows that we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone, as though we had never been here before. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandment. The Lord has made his, the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Okay, back to the top of the psalm. The psalmist says, let all that I am praise the Lord. Verse 2 May I never forget the good things that he's done for me. So notice what's going to happen. The psalmist is about to list the good things that God has done for him. All right? And at the very top of that list, verse 3, when he says, I, I want to remember all the good things God has done for me, what is it that tops the list? The very first thing that the psalmist says that God has done for him. Yeah. He forgives all my sins. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sins. Absolutely amazing. God reveals himself to us as the God who forgives all our sins. All of our sins. Forgiveness is his pleasure. You understand this? It delights him to forgive, to, to put our sins away, to remove them as far as east is from the west. This is what God does. It's beautiful. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love, verse 11, his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Now, verse 11 there, originally written in Hebrew, what it literally says is his, his mercy is mighty. 
We're talking about the power of mercy. Now, mercy isn't typically something that you think of in terms of strong, explosive power. But this is precisely what the psalmist says. God has powers of forgiveness, explosive, mighty powers of mercy. His ability, God's power to forgive and forget is mighty. The mighty powers of forgiveness. If you were to measure his, the might of his mercy, if you could put it on a bar graph, the, the, verse 11 literally says, if you could just sort of show the measure of his mercy, you would have a bar standing as tall as from earth to infinite heaven. Do you understand? The, the, the might of his mercy is infinite. Powers of forgiveness. And this is God. This is what we're talking about, his Mercy is mighty. Now, if you're just dropping into this series, there are several things that I've already said. Let me say again, and, and hopefully it will begin to sink in for some of you. The, the fact that God is such a, an awesome forgiver, the, the fact that his mercy is miraculous and, and mighty, this is in itself the, the very root of where we get our motivation and our power to forgive. Bottom line, and you've heard me say this, feeling forgiven is what brings us the power to forgive. The very fact that I will never forget how much mercy God has shown me. I know how much grace I require for every single day. I am an ugly sinner. But God is a great God and a merciful, merciful Savior. And he has forgiven me. And that knowledge that he has forgiven me that in itself is what gives me that motivation and power to forgive you when you wrong me, when you offend me. Do you understand? Knowing how much grace and mercy God shows me, I cannot possibly live my life in such a way where I don't show that grace and mercy to everyone else. How could I possibly hold a grudge against you or anybody else when God himself has removed my sin as far as east is from the west? He never brings it back. He never brings it up again. So why would I keep bringing up what you've done wrong? You understand this feeling, this, this assurance that God has forgiven me is what brings the power for me to forgive every single day. Even when, and especially when we're talking about forgiving ourselves. Understand? It begins here. Knowing that God has forgiven me is what gives me that power eventually to forgive myself. I, I, I've also said that in the end, forgiveness is always a gift. In other words, at some point in your process of forgiving me, you're going to have to eventually forgive me freely. You'll offer it to me as a gift. In other words, once you've been offended, once you've been angry, once you've had to do this hard work of forgiveness, you'll never reach a point where you recognize that the other person deserves forgiveness. Nobody ever deserves forgiveness. Understand? It's always extended in the end freely as a gift. I offer you the gift of forgiveness, not because you deserve it, but because God himself is a forgiving God who's shown me much grace, and he commands me to forgive you, so I forgive you. And it's a gift I offer you freely. In other words, there are no strings attached. I'm not forgiving you to try to make you change or, or, or manipulate you into doing something for me. Forgiveness, if it's genuine, is always a gift given freely. It is, of course, the gift that God gives us. 
And if we follow him, it's a gift that we begin to give to others. And, and here's a hard part. At points in our lives, it is the gift that God gives us that ultimately we have to be willing to receive for ourselves. We have to give that gift to ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves. It's difficult because you of all people know that you don't deserve it. And there's this really awkward fact of, of, of simply trying to say that, that, that I can say to myself that, that, I, that I'm free to walk, that I'm let off the hook, that I'm no longer guilty. Who am I to say that for myself? Who am I to say that I don't need to be punished anymore? Who am I to forgive myself? Let's jump right in. I've said that forgiving ourselves is difficult. Let, let me say this, and some of you won't like this much, but let me say this. If forgiving yourself is easy, you're doing it wrong. If it comes easy to you, you're doing it wrong. Forgiving is always a miracle of mercy, and forgiving yourself is a miracle of mercy. And if this is something that you can do very casually, if in your life you don't really ever seem to stumble over the sin and offenses that you yourself are guilty of, then there's something really profoundly wrong with your heart. You understand? If forgiving yourself is easy, you're doing it wrong. I mean, you know these people? It's the guy that says, you know, yeah, I... I knew I was drunk and ran over your grandma, but just to let you know, I've forgiven myself. That kind of person. It's a spouse who says, yeah, you know, yeah, I should probably tell you, I slept with the maid of honor the night before our wedding, and I've continued to lie and cheat on you all of these years, but just so you know, I have forgiven myself. I mean, there are people who seem to go through the world like that. They forgive themselves very, very easily, and I'm telling you, it's not supposed to be easy. Not at all. Not at all. Take a look at what Scripture says. Psalm 51, verse 17. The psalmist is talking to God, and he says, You will not reject a, say it, broken and repentant heart. God, you will not reject a broken and repentant heart. So understand, God accepts the heart that is broken and repentant. If you turn that truth over, the, the opposite truth would still continue to, to maintain, and that is that God will reject a heart that's not broken and repentant. Do you understand? God cannot accept the sinner's heart when the sinner is not broken and repentant over his sin. God will accept the broken and repentant heart. So, so bottom line, this brokenness, this repentance is a part of it, and you need to feel it. You need to know that what you have done is wrong. You need to feel the guilt and the weight of your sin. When you have done something shameful, you need to be ashamed. When you are guilty of sin, you should feel guilty. I'm just telling you, this is the way God has wired our hearts. And this feeling of sorrow, this feeling of heaviness, the guilt, the brokenness, these are intended to lead us to the Lord, to lead us to the God who deals with us like a tender and compassionate father, you understand, who will not carry his anger forward, who does not deal with us harshly as we deserve. You understand, this brokenness leads us to him so that we can find forgiveness, so that we can experience forgiveness. So this brokenness, the repentance, the guilt, the shame, these should be temporary in your life. Right after you've committed the offense, after you've become aware of your sin, you should feel broken and repentant and you should return to the Lord. But understand, that guilt and shame should not be something you live with your whole life. 
It's meant to take you to the Lord where you experience his grace and then that shame is gone. The guilt is gone. He gives us righteousness, the psalmist says. Do you understand? So on the one hand, if it's easy for you, you're probably doing it wrong. But please understand, this brokenness, this repentance, this shame and guilt, they're not supposed to last forever. At some point, you're forgiven. God says that you are forgiven. So it's a gift that he gives you. But in the end, it's a gift that you've got to be willing to give to yourself. Next point. God's judgment is the only one that matters. Now go with me. God's judgment is the only judgment, the only opinion that matters. Now, when I sin against you, when I offend you, and at some point if we're together long enough, I will. It's human. If and when I sin against you, I will come and seek your forgiveness because Scripture requires that I do that. And love and friendship require that I do that. I will come and I will seek your forgiveness in hopes that you will forgive me and we can restore the friendship. I mean, that's the way life is supposed to go. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I mean, this is the way it works. So, so understand, I will seek your forgiveness you may or may not forgive me, and, and that also is, is simply the way it works with, with, with human beings. But in the end, it is always only God's judgment that counts. Remember that it's God's law that we break when one of us sins. So in, in my sin, I may, I may hurt you, or you may suffer some of the consequences of my sin, but ultimately, it's always and only God that I've sinned against. Does that make sense? And so it is God who ultimately forgives me. It is God before whom I will stand. And in the end, it is only God's judgment that stands. So, so very, very truly, it is really only God's judgment that, that matters. Only God's judgment. So, so understand this. Even if people don't forgive me, God still does. Now, this is important. The reason that some of you can't really ever get past the point where you could forgive yourself is because you know that other people don't forgive you. And I'm telling you, people are lousy at this. People are lousy forgivers, and they don't even try to forget. They actually practice remembering all of the worst days of your life. They may not forgive. They'll never forget. And this is what hangs some of us up. We feel like since other people continue to hold this against us, since other people remember that I must not be forgiven. But this is what I'm telling you. God is the only judge that matters, and if God says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. And even if nobody else ever forgives you, you're still forgiven. It is God who does the forgiving. It is God in the end who judges all of us. Look at this verse. This is awesome. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is speaking here. He's speaking to people that he loves. It's a church that he planted, the church at Corinth. But notice what he says. As for me, it matters very little how I might be judged by you. Interesting. So it matters very little how you judge me, or for that matter, how any human authority. I don't even care what Judge Judy says, understand? There is no human authority that judges me that matters very little. I don't even trust my own judgment about myself. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. I don't 
put a lot in how people judge me, Paul says. And I don't put any more in how I judge myself. Isn't that interesting? Because honestly, some of us judge ourselves very, very harshly. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide God's judgment is the only judgment that matters. And he says that you're forgiven. Who are you to call him a liar? Next one. Just because I don't feel forgiven doesn't mean I'm not forgiven. Just because I don't feel forgiven doesn't mean I'm not forgiven. Because here's the thing. Logically, a lot of us know that we're forgiven. I mean, I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I know that he paid the penalty, that he took my punishment. I know all of that in my head. But somehow in my heart, I don't feel it. I continue to feel guilty. I may be forgiven, but I have a lot of shame left over. I I just am not able ever, it seems, to walk free. Maybe God has removed my sin as far as east is from the west, but for some reason I continue to walk into it every single day. I just don't feel forgiven. But do you understand, just because you don't feel forgiven, it doesn't mean you're not forgiven. We're not talking about how you feel. We're talking about what God has done and what God has said. Really, an absolutely amazing verse in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. And I love this. Look at what it says. Even if our hearts condemn us. Now, the New Living Translation says, even if I feel guilty. But understand, that, that guilty feeling we're talking about is this condemning heart. My heart condemns me sometimes. Your heart condemns you sometimes. Even though in your head you know that Jesus has forgiven you, even though other people may have forgiven you, your heart continues to make you guilty. So notice what the scripture says. Even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. How is that not the most awesome thing you've ever been told? Even if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart, and he knows everything. He's greater than your heart, and he knows everything. So even if your heart condemns you, God says because of Jesus, you are not condemned. You are not condemned. He knows everything, and if he doesn't condemn you, he is greater than your heart. So he's greater than your feelings. Even this guilty feeling you have, this shameful feeling that you cannot walk away from, you just need to understand, God is greater than that guilty feeling. And just because you feel guilty, it doesn't mean that you are guilty. Just because you feel guilty, it doesn't mean you are guilty. Okay, let me shift that a bit. Because I want to talk to some of you about about a way that you live your life, and it really has everything to do with what we're talking about today with forgiving yourself. Just because I feel guilty doesn't mean I am guilty. There's such a thing as false guilt. Now, I'm not talking to all of you. I mean, most of us, we're guilty enough, but but there there are some of us who actually feel guilty and we're not guilty. It's false guilt, now, some of you are that person where, let's, let's say you hear on the news, 6 o'clock, that somebody ran over a pot-bellied pig on Three Springs Road, killed it. And some of you are the person who goes, oh my goodness, I drove down Three Springs Road today. I bet I hit that pig. I don't remember hitting the pig, but I bet I hit that pig. I must have hit that. I killed that pig. I've killed somebody's pig. <laughs> I've killed a pig. You ever known the person who does that? I don't know exactly how you draw the line between something horrible that happened and you're to blame, but, but some of us, 
whatever goes wrong, we come out feeling like we're to blame. Just because you feel guilty, it doesn't mean you are guilty. And some of you are feeling guilty for things you've never done. This is especially true for many of us as, as children. Because when you're young, you're very self-centered. This is why the very first word you ever learned was mine. Understand? We live in a very small world, and it's a world that revolves around us. And, and we sort of assume that everything that happens has to do with us. We, we can't at all fathom the com complexity of, of the world or the, or the adult world. This is why you have college students walking around blaming themselves for their parents' divorce. You tell yourself, if I'd been a better girl, maybe if I'd, if, if I'd been a better girl, if, if I hadn't made daddy mad, then daddy wouldn't have left. You understand how children can end up blaming themselves? If, if I had been a different kind of son, my mother wouldn't have died. I mean, there are people who go through their entire lives blaming themselves for things that they couldn't have possibly caused. Blaming themselves for things that they couldn't possibly be guilty for. You understand, this is false guilt. This isn't the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin. This is something else, and it really keeps you in prison. It ties you up in knots because you feel like you're trying to forgive yourself, but you're trying to forgive yourself for things that you've never done. These aren't sins that belong to your account. Do you understand? There's such a thing as false guilt. And some of us spend our whole lives, that poor woman who stood at the cemetery blaming herself for her brother's death. He died in Korea at war. How is that her fault? Can't possibly understand why she would think that's on her. But her whole life is spent with that guilt. It's false guilt. On top of that, just because somebody blames me or just because somebody is angry with me, that doesn't mean I'm guilty. Guys, in my life, I've been accused of all kinds of crazy stuff, stuff I've never done. I got people that just get mad at me, and I don't even know why they're mad. I don't know if they know why they're mad, but I'm the kind of person that if you're mad at me, I just feel guilty. I mean, if you're mad, I must have done something. See, it never crosses my mind that you're just crazy. You know, that you went off your medication or you sweated off your pats or whatever. It just doesn't cross my mind that, that you could be wrong. I just feel like, man, if, if you're mad at me, I, I must have done something. And, and I feel so bad for making you mad. But, but honestly, the fact that you're mad, it doesn't mean I did anything. The fact that you accused me of doing something doesn't mean I'm guilty of it. You could be wrong. And sometimes this is the way we live our lives. You've been accused of something or somebody blames you for something, but you got to know in the bottom of your heart it wasn't your fault. And I mean, there are plenty of things that are my fault, but I'm telling you there are other things that aren't, and I need to learn the difference because it's impossible to forgive yourself for things you never did. And we're not talking about forgiveness in those cases. Forgiveness begins with an offense. It begins with a hurt. But if you haven't hurt anybody, if you didn't make the choice, if it wasn't you who could possibly cause this and understand, just because somebody else blames you doesn't necessarily mean you're guilty. That's hard, isn't it? And for some of us, it's hard to know the difference. I just do guilt really, really well. I just feel guilty for stuff. But that's not what God has for me. So, what if I never learn to forgive myself? What if I just don't? What if I seem like a guy that can forgive everybody in the whole world, but what if I can never extend that gift to myself? 
What happens? Some of you are considering it. I I lost you like 20 minutes ago. You came in thinking you might forgive yourself, but by now I've talked you out of it. I I know how that works. Let me just say this. If if you don't learn to forgive yourself, you're committing two sins at once. And some of you can't even walk and chew gum at the same time. But so congratulations, you have managed to commit two sins at once. But if you can't forgive yourself, you're committing two sins. The, The first one is the sin of, say it, pride. Now, I know that doesn't sound right. Some of you think that pride would be thinking too much of yourself. Pride is thinking, I am God's gift to women, or I'm God's gift to planet Earth. I am so good. I am beyond criticism. I am really something else. I mean, that's what we think of as pride, being all puffed up, overinflated. But, but, but pride works in the other direction, too. And there are some people for whom pride doesn't make you say, I am the best person who ever lived. Pride makes you say, I am the worst. I am the worst person that's ever lived. I, I am such a sinner. I am so guilty. And, and here's the thing. When you will not forgive yourself, when you will not accept this gift that God gives you freely, what you are literally saying is, I can sin way beyond God's ability to forgive. You see, that's pride. Jesus may have died for the sins of the world, but he couldn't have possibly died for mine. That's pride. Who do you think you are? Do you think that you are such a sinner that you are beyond God's mighty, mighty powers of mercy? Do you possibly think for a moment that you are the one exception to the entire gospel of Jesus Christ, that his mercy can't somehow touch you? That's pride. It's sinful pride. And it's accompanied with another sin, the sin of unbelief. Jesus promised whoever comes and and confesses their sins, he's faithful and just to forgive their sins. If he says he'll forgive you and you say he won't forgive you, you're calling him a liar. You are calling God a liar. You are saying even though he says that he'll forgive me, he will not forgive me. And that's the sin of unbelief. And understand, you're calling God a liar. So while you're feeling guilty for all this, just add these two to your list. Twin sins of pride and and unbelief. What happens if you never learn to accept this gift of forgiveness? You're going to spend the rest of your life trying to pay for your sins yourself. The scripture says plainly, verse 10, God does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. I know I don't deserve his mercy. I don't deserve forgiveness. He gives it to me as a gift. But if I can't receive that gift, then then I still feel like I need to be punished. And if God's not going to punish me, there's only one person left to do the punishing, and that would be me. Some of you are living your life punishing yourself. You ever seen those people? Man, I see people all the time in this church. I mean, I just see people who will, uh, it's like they'll go a long, long time and then they'll come to the point where they could really be happy. I mean, maybe they finally met a, a really, really good guy, a really good woman, and maybe they're just about to be really happy or maybe they're at the point where the marriage is finally coming together or finally things are kind of beginning to fall in place at work or whatever. But you see the person's life coming together and then they will just blow it up. They'll just do something to, to sabotage their own happiness. They just blow up their life over and over and over. Have you seen these people? They just blow up their life. And you're just scratching your head thinking, why in the world could you not just be happy? 
Why in the world could you just, just not be content? Why do you have to shoot yourself in the foot every single day? And my hunch is it always comes back to something like this. Anybody who denies themselves happiness, anybody who could be so close to all of God's blessings and you just continue to blow a hole in it, something tells me you're avoiding your own happiness. You're, you're punishing yourself. It's like you're trying to pay for your sins yourself. You cannot accept the fact that God does not condemn you, that God is not punishing you. So you continue to live out your own idea of punishment and you do it to yourself. And until you learn to accept God's gift of grace and mercy, you'll probably continue to do it. You're going to continue to blow a hole in your own life every single day. I don't understand it. Why would you do that? Last. This sounds harsh, but if you don't learn to forgive yourself, you're never really going to know God. I'm not saying you can't be a Christian, but you won't make a lot of progress as a Christian because, bottom line, you are refusing the first and greatest gift that God offers you, forgiveness. If you won't let him forgive you your sins, if you will not accept the gift of his forgiveness, how can you know him? How can you walk with him? Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. If you can't say that, then what can you say? Everyone who comes to the Lord, we come as sinners. We come as sinners with broken and repentant hearts, and we come and beg his forgiveness, and that's what brings us salvation. But if you won't receive forgiveness, then I don't know what kind of salvation you're going to piece together here. Everyone who comes to him comes as a repentant sinner in need of forgiveness. This is how God shows himself to us. This is how his grace comes to us. He forgives our sins. It's a gift. He gives it freely. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Nobody's ever deserved it. That's why it's grace. That's why it's mercy. That's why it's amazing. Don't deserve it. It's a gift, and he offers it to you freely. But then you have to take it. It's the gift that in the end you have to be willing to let yourself have. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. Bottom line, if he has removed your sin as far from you as east is from the west, 
Why are you going looking for it? Why do you continue to bring it back day after day after day? If your sin remains ever before you, it is not God who keeps bringing it up. It is not God who prompts you to remember. God's powers of forgiveness are infinite. He offers you forgiveness as a gift. Let yourself be forgiven. Be forgiven. Pray with me. God, it's one thing to hear that we are forgiven. It's another thing altogether to feel forgiven. And Lord, so many of us are just in this habit of living with guilt and shame. Lord, we continue to punish ourselves or find somebody who will punish us. We'll marry somebody if they'll punish us, Lord. Some of us just simply don't know how to walk free. We don't know how to let you change us from the inside with your forgiving grace. Lord, help us. God, I pray for bound up hearts in this room. I pray, Lord, for every heart that is, that is shackled and suffocated by burdens of guilt and shame. I pray, Lord Jesus, that once and for all, they will hear the gospel of forgiveness and receive the gift of grace. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will just come down thick into this room and deal with our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you will Bind the broken hearts and break the proud hearts. Bring us all to the place where we can find out what it means to be the recipients of great mercy, everlasting forgiveness. Lord, this is not something we can do on our own. It is only something that you have done for us. So may we hear the good news today and receive it into our lives as a gift. Pray these things in the name of Jesus who paid it all for us. Amen.